Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Live from Lower Manhattan, Peter Haskell, WCBS 880 News. Thank you, Peter. We heard from Mayor Giuliani a few hours ago that 50 bodies have been pulled from the rubble in Lower Manhattan, yet thousands are unaccounted for and feared dead in the rubble. Asked about the final toll, the mayor said earlier today that the best estimate is that a few thousand are left in the ruins of each of the Twin Towers. Still, his honor says on a visit to St. Vincent's Hospital today that this remains a search and rescue operation. In his words, we're searching and we're hopeful. But the desperate wait goes on for those wondering about their loved ones. WCBS reporter Rich Lamb is at the New School, which uh, Rich, I guess, has been renamed for this effort. Well, uh, it is now called the Family Center, and uh, what we have is people who are hanging on to that word hope indeed uh, as tightly as they possibly can. I can tell you, as we, as we look out here, uh, this is just an amazing scene. Uh, the sidewalk here all the way down the block, as far as the eye can see, lined up with people who are worried about people they cannot find, uh, family, relatives, uh, co-workers. Uh, we talked to one man who was looking for uh, his girlfriend's uh, uh, buddy uh, who was... Uh, uh, working in, in the World Trade Center on uh, the 100th floor. And uh, inside, what they're doing is this. They have uh, 12 uh, psychologists and psychiatrists. Uh, they have lists, lists of the people who have been uh, rescued, lists of the people who are in hospitals. The person will sit down and say the name of the individual he or she is looking for. They go over the list. If uh, the name is not on the list, then they try to help that person uh, with uh, the grief, with the uncertainty, with the fear, uh, and uh, try to help that individual put a cap on his or her emotions. Now, just uh, a short time ago, we spoke to Cardinal Egan, uh, who was down, walked inside, uh, and visited people there, and this was his assessment of how they're dealing with it. Everyone that I spoke to was remarkably at peace. Would you describe it? Uh, are they in shock, perhaps? Yes, I suppose some of them are, but not all of them. And uh, I asked, you know, well, this one's my brother, this one's my friend, this and so forth, my brother-in-law, and so forth. But they seem to me to be dealing with this marvelously, with great courage, with great peace. And uh, we can tell you that the Cardinal uh, has announced that he is going to celebrate a couple of special masses regarding this situation on Sunday and Monday at 5.30 p.m. Uh, the Sunday Mass will be for all those who died, the injured, uh, those who served heroically. And Monday's uh, 5.30 Mass will be dedicated specifically to the members of the uniformed services 
who died in the line of action, if you will, uh, at the World Trade Center. And we understand that the Cardinal uh, has sent invitations out uh, to the mayor, uh, to the governor, and to the president of the United States to attend one or both of those masses if they possibly can. Live on West 11th Street, Rich Lamb, WCBS 880 News. Stay with us here, continuing team coverage on WCBS. Right now, 208 at WCBS 880. We're going to bring you the traffic update, and this really has changed a lot in the past couple of hours, Chris Jeff. So Wayne and Paul, and actually even more good news, it seems as though all the approaches to the inbound GW Bridge for the upper level are open. All approaches for the upper level now open. There's about a 20, 25-minute delay, and it even seems that most of the Port Authority police have they, they have opened up more toll booths uh, heading into the tolls. Lower deck, again, remains closed. Holland and Lincoln tunnels also shut down. Lower East River crossings are closed. That's the uh, Brooklyn Bridge, the Manhattan and Williamsburg bridges, and also the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel. The Upper East River crossings are open. That's the Queens Midtown Tunnel, 59 Street Bridge, Triborough Bridge, also Throgs Neck, and Whitestone Bridge is also open. And now here's the WCBS Weather Channel forecast. Sunny weather with highs in the mid and upper 70s, which is normal for this time of year than a clear night tonight. Sunny to partly cloudy tomorrow, a little bit warmer, up near 80. Chance of showers tomorrow night. Your WCBS 5-day Alex showers ending, then clearing and cooler for Friday. Saturday and Sunday, fair weather expected. It will be dry and cool. 77 degrees right now with the sunshine. Terror strikes the U.S. A special report from WCBS. CBS News Update. I'm Howard Ehrenstein. Investigators have searched a hotel in downtown Boston, but correspondent Jim Stewart says no arrests were made there of suspects linked to yesterday's terrorist attacks. Though he says investigators tell him they are making progress. The investigation appears initially to be focusing on two commercial aviation flight instruction schools, both located in Florida. Apparently, some of the men who were involved in these attacks may have, stress may have, received their training there. FAA officials tell CBS News there is no official word on when air traffic will be allowed again in the nation's skies, although correspondent Sandra Hughes is hearing at Seattle's airport that there could be possibly some limited number of flights later today. That is only if the individual airlines have certification from the FAA that they comply with all safety and security measures. One sign at the Seattle-Tacoma airport warns passengers no carry-on luggage. This even includes women's purses. All they will allow on board is a wallet. Correspondent Bob Orr says the problem is that security must be tightened dramatically because the current system did not pick up the weapons hijackers were using. These hijackers went through presumably security checkpoints, checkpoints that are equipped with x-ray machines and metal detectors, principally designed to identify guns. Well, they didn't have guns. They had, we're told now, knife-like instruments. In one sense, uh, box cutters with retractable knives. In Manhattan, correspondent Scott Pelley says the basement of the huge World Trade Center survived the collapse of the buildings yesterday. They have been searched and cleared, and no one was found alive in that area. But uh, down here at the moment, hundreds and hundreds of people, iron workers, doctors, nurses, all standing by, tearing this building apart, looking for any sign of life. The search also continues at the Pentagon. President Bush is vowing to retaliate against the what he calls acts of war. CBS News Update. I'm Howard Ehrenstein. On WCBS 880. Paul, I think one of the more interesting things to come out of what the FAA is talking about here is no carry-on bags, at least for the time being. It's going to be a very different scene at the airports from now on. You just have that feeling. I mean, if these guys got through somehow uh, with uh, plastic or ceramic knives, that would not be detected by metal detectors, only brought on by, uh, you'd think, some kind of carry-on, although it could be on their person. You wonder if they're going to do pat-downs or... 
or what. You're right, it will be drastically different for who knows how long. And as the investigation continues, the FBI has moved into a hotel in Boston this afternoon. At least one person was seen taken from the hotel by the authorities, and we also have heard reports that there are people in custody in South Florida. WCBS reporter Irene Cornell is live now following the investigation. Irene? Well, Wayne, the leads they got in Boston took them to Venice, Florida. The FBI followed the trail of a car parked in the airport at Boston's Logan Airport, linked to one Mohammed Attar, an Egyptian national. They followed that lead down to Venice, Florida, where they learned that that's where Attar and a second man believed to be from Afghanistan had trained at Huffman Aviation to fly small single-engine and twin-engine airplanes. So that, apparently, is where they got their start as pilots. From there, the operator of Huffman Aviation said those two students went on to train in bigger planes. No one really socialized with him with them. Uh, he said that they were quite isolated. They did their studying there in aviation and went on. The FBI believes that these two men may have been among those who took the controls from the pilots and uh, flew one of those planes straight into one of the Twin Towers. So that's where poli uh, the FBI's investigation is leading. And, of course, they're trying to follow that up to see who was behind it, who plotted it, who carried out every phase of this operation. Reporting live, Irene Cornell, WCBS 880 News. Irene, thanks. The governor of Maine says two suspects uh, in the attacks apparently had New Jersey driver's licenses and flew from Portland to Boston. A rental car that they left behind has been impounded, according to Governor Angus King in Maine, who says he was briefed by his state, state police. A couple of newspapers in Boston reporting that uh, there are seizures by police of a rental car that contained Arabic language flight training manuals, that a couple of bags have been found containing instructional videos on flying commercial craft. Hundreds of tips have flowed into the FBI in the wake of the attacks. Passenger lists are being studied along with personnel listing from any of the firms that had any contact with those hijacked airlines. So from catering staff to airport workers, interviews are being done in the effort to try to figure out more about those who commandeered the jets. It's now believed that as many as five hijackers were on board each aircraft, as you said, Wayne, each armed with knives, and the hijackers were trained pilots. 77 degrees on a delightful weather-wise uh, Wednesday afternoon, the 12th of September. At 880 on your AM dial, your all-news address is WCBS. Good afternoon, I'm Wayne Kevin. Hi there, for Pat Farnack, I'm Paul Murnane. Our top story on WCBS, President Bush calling the attacks acts of war. FBI agents move in on a Boston hotel and search sites in South Florida today. The FAA did not resume flights at noon as had been hoped. It is continuing the flight ban. As the search for signs of life continues in lower Manhattan, officials at the Pentagon are saying they expect no further survivors to be found there. Our coverage continues here on WCBS. BS 880. Let's do more now about uh, what's happening for the FAA. They have extended the flight ban indefinitely, continuing the unprecedented grounding of all aviation over the United States. Right now, there's no saying when the airspace will be reopened. When it does, expect major changes at the airports. This could mean lines of who knows how long. WCBS reporter Mike Zirinex has more from LaGuardia. Once the airports do reopen, passengers can expect the boarding process to take up to an hour longer than normal. New security measures imposed by the Federal Aviation Administration will slow the process down significantly. One measure includes the elimination of the curbside check-in process. One airport worker here tells me it's the price we have to pay for additional security. At LaGuardia, Mike Zarinax, WCBS 880 News. Joining us now live here on WCBS, New York's junior Senator Hillary Clinton on the day after a tragedy, on the day after a disaster, Senator, that we never could have imagined here in New York. We appreciate you joining us this afternoon. You're heading back from Washington to New York now, you're saying? 
Yes, uh, Senator Schumer and I will be flying uh, with the head of FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Administration, uh, to come up to the city and to you know, meet with the people who are most directly involved so that we can start an assessment of the kind of uh, resources that we're going to need. And I know that the Congress and our country are going to stand behind New York as we have to take whatever action is necessary. Will this be uh, one of the first flights uh, since Air Force One flew yesterday? That's probably the case. Uh, you know, we're still working out the details, which is why that uh, it's taking a little longer to uh, organize than uh, I would have liked. But uh, I hope to be there, you know, by late this afternoon. Senator, have you heard anything at all about how the investigation is going and how close there might be to naming individuals who would or organizations who would have been responsible? Well, in fact, I'm on my way to a classified briefing right now, and uh, clearly I, I can't share what is uh, told us there, but since I haven't had it yet, let me just say that uh, uh, I'm confident that uh, the uh, government and all of its agencies is um, compiling the uh, information necessary to uh, convince us as to who is responsible. You know, many of us have uh, our own opinion, which I think is... Uh, well-founded, uh, and then there will be uh, whatever action the president orders, and I will fully support that. We've heard some in the Senate saying already they do believe it was Osama bin Laden. Are you on board with that assessment? Well, I think it has hallmarks, um, but I'm not sure that uh, it would have been his organization alone, assuming he did it. I, I believe strongly that we have to make clear there's a bright line between uh, those who uh, support the United States and our fight against terrorism and those who don't. And I appreciated the president saying last night that there will be no uh, safe haven for these terrorists in any uh, country. But I'd like to go even further and find out who is funding and supporting in any way these terrorist cells and activities. We have to send a clear message to our, our allies and friends around the world that we have to be united against any country or institution that supports terrorism. Senator Hillary Clinton, we appreciate you calling us this afternoon, and we'll see you when you're back here in New York, Senator. Thank you, and thanks for the work that you all are doing to keep people uh, informed. And uh, I'm so proud of the way New Yorkers have uh, conducted themselves, and certainly our men and women who are on the front lines deserve the gratitude of everyone. We appreciate those comments. Amen Thank to you. that. Yeah. Senator Hillary Clinton here on WCBS. I don't know when we'll be back to normal or anything resembling normal, but we do know some of the highways have been reopening now, and Chris Majette is here with more about that. That uh, the inbound GW Bridge upper level is reopened in terms of all the approaches, but uh, for some reason, Port Authority police are holding back traffic into the toll plaza, at least at this moment in time. There's close to a 30-minute delay, but uh, folks have been getting across the inbound GW Bridge. Holland and Lincoln tunnels remain closed. Lower East River bridges and tunnels also remain closed down. And now here's the WCBS Weather Center for Sunny today with highs in the mid to upper 70s. Clear skies tonight, 60 to 65 with 50s inland. Tomorrow, sunny to partly cloudy, high around 80. I'm Craig Allen at the WCBS Weather Center. Right with the sunshine outside right now, midtown Manhattan, 77 degrees. WCBS News Time, 220. And let's continue our coverage now from CBS.
All right. Uh, obviously, they're d delaying that report or having some problems establishing uh, with yeah. downstairs. But uh, the uh, gist of the story is at this point, investigations continuing on a couple of fronts. Uh, one, Venice, Florida, where the FBI has been talking to some people down there. This is kind of interesting. Uh, there's a man down there, a flight instructor, who last summer, back in July of 2000, gave uh, flight lessons uh, to a couple of men. Those men were kicked out after about a week because he was somewhat suspicious of them, and now it's believed among some of the FBI that perhaps these were two of the men uh, who took part in this terrorist bombing. The FBI agents flight. have been on the move in uh, south of Florida today, also searching a hotel there in Boston. So, And amid the billowing pages, uh, Wayne, that are blowing around the debris in lower Manhattan, the search teams pouring through the ruins of the Trade Center. They have some very important material at their side this afternoon. Mayor Giuliani says the so-called black boxes, those data and voice recorders from the two hijacked flights are vital to this ongoing investigation. Those Venturing into the rubble have pictures of these most sought-after items from the planes. We're giving copies to all the rescue people and recovery people so that they can try to find them. They'll, altogether, there'll be four, two for each airplane. And that's, that's what they look like, except it'll be obviously covered with soot and... and and dirt. The task at hand, though, says the mayor today. We heard these words, rescue and recovery. He still considers it that. The mayor today said more than 200 New York City firefighters still are missing, and more than 50 New York City police officers are still on the missing list. Yeah, we had heard, Paul, uh, late this morning, there were some voices heard not just over cell phones from beneath the rubble, but also some voices being heard through the rubble. That was mid to late morning, and uh, we haven't heard any updates on that yet. We're certainly keeping our fingers crossed that there are more survivors in there. President Bush condemns this violence as acts of war. His words. He says the nation faces a monument struggle of good versus evil. He says, uh, good, says Bush, will prevail, and the nation is prepared to spend whatever it takes for justice. We do expect to hear in the next 10 minutes or so from Secretary of State Colin Powell. He cut short a trip to South, Af South America after Tuesday's attack, calling this an assault against the civilized world. And uh, the Secretary of State has ex expertise in forming global coalitions in the face of crisis. He did help out in the development of the United Front against Iraq during uh, Kuwait and the Gulf War. The U.S. has received an offer from Israel of 170 experts on terrorism, including doctors and search and rescue personnel. And from the State Department, we hear that a number of countries have offered assistance in the aftermath of these attacks. And Wayne, at a time when we're trying to return to normal, once again, we're hearing on the sports front that Major League Baseball has canceled its 15-game schedule for the second time in two days. Baseball has canceled tomorrow's schedule as well, so that'll be the third day in a row. The NFL is continuing to evaluate the situation, deciding whether it will play its games on Sunday. The Jets apparently don't want to travel to Oakland for the weekend game with the Raiders. Uh, Jets players are saying that they believe the NFL should cancel. It's unconscionable to think this could happen, according to Vinny Testaverde. Uh, we're all speechless on what happened, but we'll try to get through it. Testaverde echoed the sentiments of many teammates about traveling cross-country uh, at times like this. I don't understand why we're here today, Testaverde said. Uh, I think all the games should be canceled this week. The last thing we want to do is get on a plane and go to California for a game when all four of those planes that were hijacked were going to California. That's from Vinny Testaverde yep. today, Wayne. I can understand that sentiment, and we have a lot of people now who are at uh, St. Vincent's Hospital where they are treating many of the the injured, and uh, WCBS reporter Sean Adams has been talking to parents who are hoping for some kind of positive word for their loved ones still missing a day later. The agony of waiting has proven too much to bear. Frustrated family members have now gone hospital to hospital looking for their loved ones. Annalise Peterson is trying to track down her brother Davin and boyfriend Frederick Cox. He's 27, and my brother's 25. If anybody worked with them, saw him, could you tell me what was going on up there? 
She says perhaps a co-worker saw something. Maybe someone can offer a clue. Anyone with information is asked to call 917-767-2922. At St. Vincent's, Sean Adams, WCBS 880 News. Stay with us right here at WCBS, continuing live team coverage of the aftermath of the attack on America and the destruction in Washington and New York City. We want to go to Ken Pruitt next to the Wall Street Journal. Actually, he's not at the Wall Street Journal. He's right here in the newsroom because, Ken, uh, you're south of 14th Street normally where you work. And uh, what happened? Well, more to the point, we're right across the West Side Highway from the World Trade Center. So our building was evacuated uh, immediately yesterday morning. Have you heard anything from colleagues who work down our there? Is everybody all right? Our people are okay. A lot of our people live in New Jersey, and they're at our South Brunswick uh, Dow Jones location trying to keep things together from there. So, uh, yeah, our people are okay. And any word when you'll be able to get back into your old offices? I have, have no idea. Yeah. have no idea. If you were watching the TV coverage of the building with smoke coming off the top, uh, the picture's taken from uh, the river, from the Hudson River. That was the Merrill Lynch building, and the Dow Jones building was immediately to the right across the West Side Highway from the World Trade Center. So your building uh, was not at all involved, just cordoned off right now? Yeah, I'm sure it was pretty messy. Oh, yeah. Uh, but it's closed off and, and nobody's there, and we don't know when we'll be back. That'd be a weird feeling. Yeah. We should know later this afternoon when trading is going to resume. Exchanges and Wall Street firms plan a 3 o'clock news conference. When trading does resume, many firms, of course, will be crippled. Cantor Fitzgerald, which accounts for most trading in U.S. government securities, occupied two top floors of one of the towers. A trader at another firm told the New York Times the Cantor screen went blank right away. Cantor had 1,000 employees at the World Trade Center. The company told Dow Jones Newswires this afternoon it's been able to locate only 85 of them. Merrill Lynch, on the other hand, says it believes it did not lose any employees. U.S. markets were closed for the second day in a row today. European markets plunged yesterday. Tokyo's Nikkei index at a 17-year low overnight. Today, though, European markets seem to stabilize. Among the hardest-hit stocks when trading does resume will be insurance companies. The National Association of Insurance Commissioners said in a press release today early losses put the damage at $10 billion. Other observers say it'll be more like $20 billion. A New York's American International Group, one of the biggest property and casualty insurers, says claims from the World Trade Center uh, will lead to a financial loss. And this comes at a bad time for the insurance industry. Reinsurers, those are companies that insure other insurance companies, are in the middle of negotiating policy renewals for the coming year. Ken Pruitt, Wall Street Journal, WCBS News Radio 880. We're hearing now coming out of Washington, the FAA is talking about a partial lifting of the flight ban now. This will allow the flights diverted during the early hours of that attack on Tuesday. These are talking, uh, we're talking about here, these diverted flights. The FAA will allow those flights to resume. Others, though, remain grounded. That's the very latest we're hearing from the FAA this afternoon. All right, so we have a certainly fluid situation there. Good. Gratefully so, I think, for a lot of people. But, Paul, even when those flights do resume, we've been talking for the last uh, hour or so about how it's going to be different, how there will be no, not only carry-on bags allowed, but even purses. And I, it certainly is understandable considering the fact that uh, these guys apparently smuggled in knives that would not have set off metal detectors because they were apparently plastic or ceramic. And it makes you wonder, even if you don't come in with any carry-on bags or purses or wallets, I mean, you really could hide it uh, anywhere on your body. Will it mean pat-downs? Will it mean incredibly long lines? It's going to be a whole different world flying, at least for the foreseeable future. It seems those carefree days when you could stroll up, you know, to 15 minutes, 10 minutes uh, before a flight and get on, uh, those days appear to be over now, Wayne. I mean, it's, it's a whole new day in light of the tragedy and the disaster that we've seen in these crimes that have been committed in New York and Washington. Uh, we are just a few minutes away, we understand, from a news conference from Secretary of State Colin Powell, who has had some very strong uh, warlike words about what's happened. We're going to bring that to you just a couple of minutes away right here at WCBS 880, but I think uh, we're about due for an update on the rapidly changing traffic situation. Let's see how it goes right now. 
Traffic Center time at 228. Here's Chris Majette. All right, Wayne and Paul, the inbound GW Bridge open on the upper level only. Lower deck remains closed. The upper level is open, but uh, very, very heavy into the tolls. And whereas earlier we had only about uh, four or five toll booths open, um, Port Authority police have uh, now opened about, we have at least eight or nine toll booths open at that inbound upper level. I think part of that actually due to the fact that traffic has gotten very, very heavy. It's about a 30-minute wait at the inbound GW Bridge. Holland and Lincoln Tunnels, no good. No no go in either direction. They're both still closed down. Will remain so for the foreseeable future. Same thing with the Lower East River crossings, which obviously connect uh, Brooklyn with Lower Manhattan, all the devastation in Lower Manhattan. The Upper East River crossings, though, are open. The Queensmantown Tunnel, the 59th Street Bridge, also the Triborough, Whitestone, and Throgsneck Bridges, they are all open. The uh, Harlem River Bridges are still closed. That includes the uh, Broadway Bridge, McCombs Dam Bridge, 145th Street, Madison Avenue, 3rd Avenue Bridge, also the University Heights Bridge. Staten Island Bridges are also open. The uh, Brooklyn-bound upper deck of the Verrazano Bridge remains closed, and for that reason... The uh, Staten Island Expressway is very, very heavy on the eastbound side of the highway. All of the Nassau County highway arteries are open. That one would, would be, mean the uh, LIE westbound, also the northern state and the southern state of the, at the uh, Queens line. All three of those highways are open. LIRR, uh, Metro North, and New Jersey Transit all reported to be on or close. And now the forecast from the WCBS Weather Center. Yeah, it's an otherwise beautiful day. The sunshine out there warm. 75 to 81 the high this afternoon. Clear skies tonight. We're heading down into the 60s. It's fantastic. Fantastic weather continues, although who's enjoying it? For tomorrow with sunshine, increasing clouds late tomorrow with a high in the upper 70s. The next chance for rain is going to be on Friday. Scattered showers then with a high into the upper 60s. Right now with the sunshine above, a northwest wind out there. Humidity 35%, 77 degrees in Midtown. WCBS News Time, 2.30. Terror strikes the U.S. Continuing coverage with the resources of CBS News and the news team on WCBS 880. Voices and phone calls from people still trapped in the World Trade Center ruins were still being heard as of late this morning. Pulled out alive this morning, several firefighters and Port Authority police, but the mayor says thousands in each tower are still unaccounted for. Distraught relatives are putting out descriptions of their loved ones, uh, hoping that they are alive somewhere. The search for the terrorist leads to Venice, Florida, where suspects took flight lessons, also to Boston this afternoon, where FBI agents have raided a room at the Western Hotel in the Back Bay neighborhood of Boston. President Bush condemns his terrorist attack in New York and Washington as acts of war, and we expect to hear momentarily from Secretary of State Colin Powell. Good afternoon. In for Pat Farnack on this Wednesday, September 12th. I'm Paul Murnane. And I'm Wayne Cabot. Our coverage continues on WCBS 880. Terror strikes the U.S. A special report from WCBS. CBS News Update. I'm Bill Whitney. Action at a Boston hotel a short time ago. CBS News correspondent Jim Stewart has details. The uh, FBI has conducted a raid on the Weston Hotel in downtown Boston. This is a special weapons and tactics team. It was seen entering the hotel. Our information is that the FBI believed that one of the hijackers possibly stayed in a room at the hotel. Some people have been taken into custody, but no one, I repeat, no one to our knowledge has been arrested in connection with the events that occurred yesterday. Yesterday. Following yesterday's attacks, air traffic in this country remains shut down. Lawmakers in Washington now say Transportation Secretary Norman Mineta hopes the flights could resume tomorrow. In Pennsylvania, investigators will search for the flight voice recorder from a hijacked plane which crashed in a cornfield. Thomas Burnett was aboard and used his cell phone to call his wife, Dina. His adrenaline was going. He was speaking quickly, but quietly. Um, and you could just tell that 
that he had every intention of solving the problem and coming on home. Dina Burnett says she was told the hijackers were in the cockpit, one man was dead, and something was about to happen. That's the last she heard from her husband. At the World Trade Center site in New York, 40 bodies have been pulled from the rubble and 1,600 people have been treated for injuries. One federal official says it may take up to 60 days to complete the recovery and cleanup operation in lower Manhattan. CBS News Update. I'm Bill Whitney. Heard live here on WCBS 880, and the words from the Transportation Secretary, safety is always of paramount importance, uh, but according to Norm Mineta, we remain committed to resuming commercial flights, extraordinary times, and we intend to be vigilant. Now, the reopened airports will have these new security measures, including thorough searches, of course, of all planes in the airports, no curbside check-ins, nor check-ins at hotels or other off-airport sites, allowing only passengers to pass through security checkpoints to the gates. So that's what we're hearing about the FAA and about these new measures as they announce that these Diverted flights are going to be resuming, the FAA announced a short time ago. Okay, many developments there, but I think first and foremost on this second day of disaster, uh, you know what, before we do that, let's go to Secretary of State Colin Powell. Hours since uh, I spoke to uh, the press this morning, let me begin once again by saying that our hearts go out to all the victims and to their families. It is a tragedy, but as the President has made clear, it is a tragedy that we are strong enough to overcome. Our spirits will not be broken. The resilience of this society will not be broken. We will find out who is responsible for this and they will pay for it. We are undertaking a full court press diplomatically, politically, militarily, and in the course of the morning and early afternoon I have been in touch with a number of foreign leaders and international organizational leaders to coordinate the diplomatic approach to this. I have talked to Kofi Annan, Secretary General of the United Nations, and I thank the United Nations for the Security Council resolution they passed and also for the statement from the General Assembly, and I expect the General Assembly to also work on a resolution later today. Lord Robertson in NATO is hard at work with resolution that is under consideration now that would tee up, if I can put it that way, prime Article 5 responsibilities. Article 5 of the Charter says that an attack from aboard, abroad by any uh, one against any member of the Alliance is an attack against the Alliance. Um, if that resolution goes forward, that doesn't invoke Article 5 yet, but it puts in a position to be invoked when the United States makes a judgment about the nature of the attack and where that attack came from. And I appreciate what Lord Robertson and his colleagues are doing for us. I've also been in touch with Foreign Minister of Belgium, Louis Michel, who is also head of the presidency of the EU at this time, and High Representative Javier Solana to thank them for the strong support we have received from the European Union and the statements they have made and their cooperation uh, promised to us to deal with this tragedy and to move forward. I've also attended uh, along, of course, with my other colleagues, a National Security Council meeting with the President where we reviewed all that has happened and began to make our plans for the efforts we will be taking in the future, not only to bring these perpetrators to not only justice but to the punishment they deserve. Um, but at the same time to undertake a worldwide effort to build a coalition against all forms of terrorism wherever it may 
occur and however it rears its ugly head. This will be a major priority of the administration and I can assure you it will therefore be a major priority of the State Department. I've also uh, in the course of the day spoken to the Foreign Minister of Great Britain, Germany, Canada. I have uh, spoken to Foreign Minister Perez twice, Prime Minister Sharon, Chairman Arafat, and Foreign Minister Manley of Canada, if I didn't mention that, Foreign Minister Ivanov of Russia, Foreign Minister Ruggiero of Italy, and I have another number of other calls that are, are in the process of being made so that we can bring all of this together. And I must say I am deeply touched by the expressions of support I have received from my colleagues. And as I think you all know, the President has been very busy, and I'm sure the White House has announced his two phone calls to President Putin, as well as to Mr. Chirac, Jean Jimin, President Jean Jimin, Prime Minister Blair, Chancellor Schroeder, and Prime Minister Chrétien. So he's spoken to all five members, other four members of the Security Council, permanent members of the Security Council. And uh, I will leave it to my other cabinet colleagues to talk about the issues under their purview over defense, justice, and FBI. There are, of course, lots of reports and rumors out there, and I think it is wise for all of us to take many of these reports and rumors into some context and perspective. This is also a time, of course, in that regard for the American people to try in this time of tragedy to restore the society to a sense of normalcy. We've got to get back to our jobs. We've got to get back to work. And I know that uh, Secretary Mineta, as soon as it is possible and as soon as it makes sense and is safe, will restore the air traffic system and uh, commercial air traffic will be brought back online and I will wait for him to make those announcements with respect to that and I know that's very much on your mind. Once again, we're building a strong coalition to go after these perpetrators, but more broadly, to go after terrorism wherever we find it in the world. It's a scourge not only against the United States, but against civilization and it must be brought to an end. I will be delighted to take a few questions. Secretary, the State Department has been advocating restraint in response to terrorism with the argument that uh, violence only provokes more violence. It's an endless cycle. I wondered if uh, the U.S. will be guided by its own admonition now that the U.S. has been horribly attacked by terrorists. I think when you're attacked by a terrorist and you know who the terrorist is and you can fingerprint back to the cause of the terror, you should respond. But the Andrew? I, I mean, should it be a limited response or? You should respond, whether it's limited or other than limited. You should respond to those who did it. And uh, if you're able to stop terrorist attacks, you should stop terrorist attacks. Andrew? Secretary Powell, one country you didn't mention uh, was Pakistan. And I understand that your deputy yes. has spoken with the ambassador to Pakistan and that this evening the U.S. ambassador to Pakistan will be meeting with General Musharraf. What specific steps are you asking Pakistan to take? And have you at all insinuated that if all signs do lead to bin Laden, that the U.S. would take military action against Pakistan and Afghanistan? Our ambassador is... Uh going to be seeing, uh, uh, going to be having that meeting that you made reference to. It'll probably not be this evening, more likely uh, tomorrow as a result of schedule problems. But Ambassador Armitage, Deputy Secretary Armitage, did meet with Pakistani officials today and really to share views 
We have not made a determination yet as to who is responsible for yesterday's attack. But we thought as we gather information and as we look at possible sources of uh, the attack, it would be useful to point out to the Pakistani leadership at every level that we are looking for and expecting their fullest cooperation and their help and support as we uh, conduct this investigation and as we generate more information and see if they can be helpful in generating information as well as uh, how helpful they might be uh, if we find a basis to act upon that information. So yes, we are doing what you described with the Pakistanis. Robin? Um, just to clarify, when you say you're building a strong coalition to go after the perpetrators, uh, does this mean that you are expecting or hoping that other countries will participate in some kind of military retaliation? Under Article 5, if we go that far and it actually is executed, then there is an obligation on the part of our, of our NATO allies to uh, assist if we go in this direction. It doesn't mean that they necessarily will participate in the attack, but uh, it makes it uh, easier to obtain support in the way of uh, overflight rights and things of that nature. Uh, so we're not, we're, but I don't want to get into uh, what we might or might not do and who might go with us and who might not go with us because that's, that's just too speculative at the can, moment. Can I follow that? Um, having been through the Gulf War as you were, uh, would you hope to build a kind of coalition that extends perhaps beyond NATO and, and includes perhaps Muslim nations, nations? Uh, from yes, different parts it, it, of the world. it should include uh, uh, Muslim nations. Muslim uh, nations have just as much to fear from terrorism that uh, strikes at uh, strikes at innocent civilians. And uh, I do have a number of calls, and I just haven't connected yet with uh, uh, other leaders uh, uh, in the world representing uh, Muslim populations. Uh, as I was coming down, I was waiting to receive a call from Amma Musa, head of the Arab League, and I'll also be talking to my Egyptian colleagues and Jordanian colleagues before the evening is out. Yes, sir. You have not yet mentioned the point that President Bush made last night, the idea of holding other countries responsible. Yeah. Uh, this seems to be a dramatic escalation in the U.S. view on how it responds to terrorism. Is that a correct interpretation of it? And, and as a follow-up, you talk about returning to normal, yet there have been all these mentions of acts of war, the idea that the country is, is in a war. Uh, how can we just return to normal when, uh, in, in a situation like this? On, on, your, on your first point, uh, I mentioned in my earlier uh, statements, and I will mention it again, that it's not just a matter of going after the perpetrators, but it's going after and dealing with the sources of support that they have, whether that source of support might come from a host country or other organizations that provide them. We have to make sure that we go after terrorism and get it by its branch and root. And so we will hold accountable those countries that provide support, that give a host nation, if you can call it that, support and facilities to these kinds of terrorist groups. Now. Yes, we believe that acts of war have been committed against the American people and we will respond accordingly. But at the same time, uh, life has to go on. In all of the difficult times we will be facing ahead, we have to still try to return life to a sense of normalcy. We cannot be a people who are afraid to live. We cannot be a people who will move away from a relatively open society. We cannot be a people who walk around terrified. We're Americans. We don't walk around terrified. Um, we're going to be strong in this uh, difficult period. 
and we're going to move forward with pride and with determination, and we will get our society back to uh, back to normal with whatever additional precautions, nevertheless, might be necessary to uh, secure our society without locking ourselves down. Yes, sir. Secretary Powell, uh, yesterday, uh, Senator Graham said that in response to the attacks, he would be willing to reassess the ban on assassinations of foreign uh, leaders. And I was wondering, would you support such a, a reassessment? The uh, ban is an executive order, and uh, um, we have not made such a reassessment, and I'll just leave it there. Mr. Jane, India Jane. has said many times yeah. in the past that uh, Pakistan is harboring terrorism and they are training camps in Pakistan and now U.S. officials, including a number of lawmakers here on the Hill, are saying that Osman bin Laden have uh, his training camps in Pakistan and because he's sending all his, uh, running his empire or terrorism empire from Pakistan. So now, is it time not to go after those countries who are harboring terrorism really? Because how long can we wait or how long, how many innocent people can we kill? Well, I don't want to confirm what the Indian government may or may not have said. Um, but as the president said last night, we will be directing our efforts not only against terrorists, but against those who do harbor and do provide haven and do provide support for terrorism. Jane? Um, Deputy Secretary Armitage uh, heads a task force with the Russians on Afghanistan where the United States and Russia seem to share some interests. Can this be used as a platform in the coming days? Would you yes, and we're planning to do that. In what way? Um, as you know, we're, it's a little difficult to travel right now, but we're looking at ways that... Uh, he and uh, Deputy Foreign Minister Trubnikov can pursue this. Yeah. With, a, with a country like Afghanistan, with whom we don't have diplomatic relations, um, it, 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 there's less leverage that we have against that country. Um, what kind of things are you thinking of using now when you talk about going after the entire country? Is it food aid? Um, how, how else we haven't, can you We haven't singled out any country to go after. What we're trying to do now is gather the evidence and the information so that we can make a judgment as to who is responsible for this act. And once we do that, we will go after that group and we will determine uh, what kinds of support they've been getting from what host countries or other uh, supporting agencies and we will go uh, and deal with them as well. Mr. Secretary, there are some 25 organizations on the list of FTOs, the State Department's list. Should all those organizations uh, consider themselves uh, targets of this uh, global campaign against uh, terrorism? And secondly, when you speak to the Arab leaders, and uh, will you be asking uh, for specific acts of su support, of, uh, of material assistance in this campaign? On the uh, first question, just the very designation that they have been put on that list of foreign terrorist organizations suggest that the United States will be taking action against them and we just identified another one this week, uh, the AUC in Colombia, and we take certain actions against them. It doesn't mean we go in and attack them with military force, but there are a variety of, of political and diplomatic and other uh, and legal actions that you can take against them. Um, with respect to conversations with Arab uh, leaders, um, I'm sure I will uh, discuss with them a full range of possibilities as to what kind of support they can give us of a political and diplomatic nature. I don't know of any other kind of support that I would uh, ask for at this time. I might mention that in the context of my discussions this morning with uh, Shimon Perez and uh, Chairman Arafat and also uh, Prime Minister Sharon, 
I encouraged all sides to do everything they can to get this process of meetings started that uh, uh, we have all been waiting for, for Mr. Arafat and Mr. Perez to find an opportunity in the very near future to meet and not have protracted discussions about where to meet. It's more important to meet. So in this time of tragedy, in this time of heightened tension throughout the world and especially throughout that region, let's seize this opportunity to see if we cannot start this process of meetings, the schedule of meetings so that we can get to the Mitchell Peace Plan. So even while we are dealing with this this situation, this crisis that is uh, here in Washington and New York, we are also working on the Middle East situation and seeing if we can get that jump started. Yes. Um, is this, uh, do you believe that this attack is linked to the events in the Middle East, to the Arab-Israel crisis, or is this something that uh, preceded the, 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 this current intifada? And secondly, do, do you believe that this bombing will somehow serve as a problem for uh, moderate Arab governments whose peoples seem to be more enthusiastic about uh, this bombing than their governments who have condemned it? The governments have condemned it. I think that... Uh when it is realized throughout the region what a horrible act this truly was, I think it'll be sobering for the region. And I hope everybody will realize that no matter what you might think about the crisis in the Middle East, this is not the way to solve it. This is not the way to express your views about that by killing hundreds and thousands of innocent civilians. I hope that is, I hope that is sobering to anybody who has uh, any civilized drop of blood flowing through their body and who believe in an almighty of some form or another. This is not the way you do it. There's no religion that would condone the kinds of action that we are seeing. And so I hope this will be a sobering experience for the world and especially for those uh, in the Middle East and in the uh, Persian Gulf. Yes, Mr. Yeah. Secretary, we know you have said that you don't know who's responsible, but your comments this morning um, on television and um, the president's comments about harboring terrorists do seem to indicate um, an organization such as Osama bin Laden and also about harboring terrorism point to Afghanistan as a, as a country that harbors terrorists. What did you make of the um, comments by the Supreme Leader of the Taliban yesterday um, about the attack, and do you think that um, that the Taliban are still harboring Osama bin Laden? And if um, he is deemed responsible for this attack, do you think that the Taliban will expel Osama bin Laden and help uh, the U.S. bring him to justice? I'm sure that uh, the Taliban leadership providing um, protection and and opportunities and facilities for uh, Osama bin Laden. Um, but I don't want to get into the hypotheticals as to whether or not he is responsible for it. A body of evidence is being developed and in due course uh, we'll make an announcement, but I don't think it's useful to say, well, we are 50%, 60%, 70% sure it's this organization or that. That just leads to very often incorrect answers, and I don't think it's helpful during this time. So. As the evidence builds, and it is building, uh, in due course, we will make a judgment and we will act upon that judgment in the way the president has uh, indicated. The last one for Alan. Mr. Alan. What conversations do you anticipate having with um, the leaders of Persian Gulf countries? What support will you be seeking from them if, in fact, 
it's found that the threat originated in their part of the world? And what kind of military uh, latitude would you like to be able to exercise in that part of the world with their blessing? If we think they can be helpful in finding those who may be responsible, we will expect that help. And we will express the point of view very, very clearly, and I've already started to do so in some of my preliminary conversations, and frankly, I expect support. They are outraged. They are shocked. They are stunned, whatever their views might be or whatever the views of their people might be with respect to the crisis in the Middle East. They are stunned and find this to be a deplorable act. I think they are speaking not just as leaders, but as leaders of people who, although some might rejoice and shout, most find this to be uh, deplorable and something to be condemned. And uh, going back to an earlier question, um, obviously the the conflict between the Palestinians and the Israelis has been going on for a long time and is always in the background. But some of the terrorist organizations that we have seen at work over the years uh, conduct terrorist activities against the United States, regardless of how the peace process may or may not be going uh, with respect to uh, the Israelis and the Palestinians. Thank you very much. Thank you. Live coverage here on WCBS 880. Secretary of State Colin Powell there at the microphones of the State Department talking about the, what he calls the full court press that's underway in the wake of terror, in the wake of these despicable crimes. Uh, calling terrorism, Secretary Powell, a scourge this afternoon. Those responsible, in his words, they will pay for it. Powell had said earlier, and he didn't seem to be quite as, uh, as strident this time around, but he said earlier today that... Uh, in the American people's judgment, quote, we are at war, and they want a comprehensive response. They want us to act as if we are at war, and we're going to do that, he said, diplomatically and militarily. And he said, we are building a coalition. Uh, along those lines, he said, uh, we will respond to what happened. We want to let you know about some breaking news this afternoon that we're hearing from NBC News. They're reporting that according to the White House spokesman, Ari Fleischer, both the White House and Air Force One were apparently the targets yesterday of this terror campaign. But that's the, the uh, news from NBC. They're reporting that uh, both the White House and Air Force One were in the target sites of this group. We can only uh, guess, perhaps, that maybe the one flight that uh, crashed outside of Pittsburgh, maybe that was intended. We first report said uh, Camp David Perhaps it was eventually, ultimately, the White House, or as you said, in some respect, Air Force One, which would be kind of hard to fathom. But uh, the White House attack is certainly a possibility, so we'll get more about that. Also, the Boston Globe is reporting, apparently on their website, that there have been three FBI arrests made in the Boston area. We have been telling you throughout the day in the last couple of hours that uh, there was a raid at the Weston Hotel in Boston's Back Bay. They searched a room there and maybe got some materials and perhaps some people, too. So uh, more about that as we continue to watch the developments on the second day of this disaster. WCBS Newstime 255, hopeful that we'll have the markets open tomorrow. Let's get the business news now. Here's Ken Pruitt from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, exchange officials and Wall Street officials have scheduled a 3 o'clock news conference at the headquarters of Bear Stearns on Park Avenue. Now, they could say when trading will resume. Could be tomorrow. Uh, Harvey Pitt, the chairman of the Securities and Exchange Commission, uh, reportedly said he would like to resume trading tomorrow. And both New York senators said business should resume as soon as possible. Uh, we're hearing from more companies with employees at the World Trade Center. Cantor Fitzgerald, uh, which handles most U.S. government securities trading, had 1,000 employees on two of the upper floors. The Cantor Fitzgerald says it's been able to locate 
locate only 85 of them. Merrill Lynch says it believes it didn't lose anybody. Morgan Stanley Dean Witter, the biggest tenant at the Trade Center with 3,500 employees there, says the majority are alive. Bank of America says most of its 400 World Trade Center workers are accounted for. Maxor Financial Group had 285 workers there, and Maxor says about 60 are now unaccounted for. Uh, U.S. markets, of course, closed again today. Uh, trading in Europe seemed to be stabilizing. Europe went down sharply yesterday. Tokyo went down to a 17-year low overnight, uh, but trading in Europe seems to be stabilizing. Ten-year U.S. Treasuries in London down about half a point, yielding 4.83%. They were up yesterday on a flight to safety, down today, as analysts tell us, because insurance companies were selling them for cash to pay insurance claims, which are expected to run into the billions. Ken, I guess also one of the reports we got in the past couple of hours was about perhaps the first casualty business-wise from this, Midway Airlines. Yeah, Midway Airlines uh, was sort of shaky anyway, and apparently the cancellation of all flights nationwide pushed it over the edge. Uh, there are also a lot of uh, figures in business. I was looking at casualty lists that had occupations attached to names, which wasn't every case, from uh, the hijacked airplanes. And uh, a lot of companies are going to have a lot of trouble replacing people. Absolutely. Mm. Chief right. financial officers, chief engineers. You'd only wonder what ultimately the cost of this will be when they finally are able to put some kind of a price tag on these horrendous crimes, how much it will ultimately yeah. cost. When you start adding it up, yeah. somebody pointed out that the uh, uh, victims of the Concorde crash in France got about a million dollars apiece. And it's expected that American lawyers will get more than that. Plus, you add the cost of the buildings and the cars and the equipment and just the cost of a business to try to get things back together, all the records that were lost. And the emotional toll, which yes. continues there. Ken Pruitt at the Wall Street Journal. And for the insurance companies, it's going to be a nightmare, which brings us to this uh, commercial announcement concerning yesterday's tragedy. State Farm policyholders, if your car, har, a home or your car or your business has sustained damage, please contact your State Farm agent as soon as possible. If you have difficulty reaching your agent, please call this number. It's one 800 sf Claim that works out to 1 800 732 5246 to reach their catastrophe operators. Or visit statefarm.com to initiate your claim online. Helping people recover from the unexpected is what it, being a good neighbor is all about. Once again, for those with a claim, please contact your agent. Call 1 800 SF Claim or go to statefarm.com. WCBS News Time now 258. Let's go to the highways. We have some encouraging news here, Chris Majet. We have the uh, GW Bridge open, Wayne and Paul, on the inbound and the outbound upper roadway. Lower deck remains closed down, but that is certainly some good news. We do have about a 20 to 25-minute delay at that inbound GW Bridge. Forget about the Highland and Lincoln tunnels. They are still closed. So are the lower East River crossings. That's the Brooklyn-Manhattan Bridge and also the Williamsburg Bridge. Brooklyn Battery Tunnel also included in that. The Queensmantown Tunnel is open both ways. So is the 59th Street Bridge. Also, the Triborough, Whitestone, and Throgsnake Bridge is open in each direction. And now the forecast from the WCBS Weather Center. And what we're hearing from the Weather Channel folks this afternoon, sunshine warm, 75 to 81 for the high. For tonight, clear skies, lows down into the 60s. Another nice day tomorrow, sunshine, though increasing clouds later on in the day and the high in the upper 70s. Yeah, Friday, cloudy with scattered showers. It's the next chance of rain late in the week, high in the upper 60s. And the late readings from Central Park are in. We're up one degree in the past hour to 78. Relative humidity, 39%. West wind at five miles an hour. It, it really are, these are perfect conditions. It's uh, a shame that we are having a hard time enjoying them. Bright sunshine in Midtown Manhattan. Good afternoon. In for Pat Farnack, I'm Paul Bernane.
I'm Wayne Cabot. Top stories on WCBS 880. We now understand uh, the White House and Air Force One were intended targets of this terrorism. Heavily armed FBI agents stormed two Boston area hotels. The Boston Globe is reporting on its website three suspects are arrested. Secretary of State Powell said moments ago the terrorists, quote, will pay. President Bush condemns the devastation as acts of war. Now the care of the injured and the grim count of the dead. Dozens of bodies pulled from the Trade Center rubble. For loved ones, the agony continues. Count on the global resources of CBS News for continuing coverage of the terror strike against the U.S. on WCBS New York at Infinity Broadcasting Station. WCBS News Time, 3 o'clock. CBS News, I'm Bill Whitney. The nation's air travel system should slowly come back to life. The FAA has yet to lift its nationwide ban on flying, but says flights that were diverted yesterday will be allowed to continue on to their destinations. Airlines will also be allowed to fly empty planes to get them in position to resume scheduled service. We now have a better idea why the White House took the precautions it did yesterday. Live with that story, CBS News correspondent Peter Mayer. And Bill, we're just told by a White House spokeswoman that there was real and credible evidence that the White House and Air Force One were real and credible targets of the terrorist attack. Officials now say the plane that hit the Pentagon may have been intended to slam into the White House. That evidence could have come from those cell phone conversations from passengers aboard one of the doomed jet liners. But again, that evidence clearly strong enough for the evacuation of the White House yesterday and some of the precautions taken for the president himself. Live at the White House, Peter Mayer, CBS News. One of the four planes that was hijacked yesterday failed to hit a target. It crashed in southwest Pennsylvania. It seems that passengers may have thwarted the terrorist plans. In Northern California, Dina Burnett got a cell phone call from her husband Thomas aboard the plane, and he told her what was going on. That the hijackers were in the cockpit and that the guy they had knifed was had deceased. And... Um, uh, that, that a group of them were getting ready to do something. And, uh... Uh, that was the last I heard from him. Secretary of State Colin Powell says we will find out who is responsible for this and they will pay. We cannot be a people who are afraid to live. We cannot be a people who will move away from a relatively open society. We cannot be a people who walk around terrified. After a briefing today, the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee says law enforcement has some good, promising leads. The ruins of the World Trade Center and the surrounding area are a no-man's land, with the exception of emergency service workers probing the rubble. Hundreds of police and firefighters are among the missing, and their colleagues have experienced an outpouring of public support. We get a live report from CBS News correspondent Pamela McCall. You are our heroes. God bless America. Thank you for your support. Some of the signs carried by hundreds of cheering well-wishers lining the main route into this disaster zone. I just rode in here with a crew of firemen, and that was the reception they received. Chewing on the ends of cigars, they told me they're very surprised and touched by the support. One of them drove 14 hours from Myrtle Beach to get here and help. Others say their families are very upset, and as one grizzled firefighter puts it, my wife's direct. Live in lower Manhattan, Pamela McCall, CBS. News. Energy Secretary Spencer Abraham is urging consumers to report any gasoline price gouging. There are reports from Oklahoma of prices jumping to as much as 5 or $6 a gallon yesterday, but they quickly came down after OPEC promised to maintain supplies, and the American Petroleum Institute said there is no threat of a fuel shortage. Now this. Searching through the rubble, still hoping for survivors. Families wait for word on their loved ones. Good afternoon. I'm Wayne Cabot. 
Hi there, in for Pat Farnack, I'm Paul Murnane. Our live continuing team coverage of the aftermath of terror, and we have a lot to tell you about this afternoon. We expect a briefing from uh, the city people who were involved in this in a moment here on WCBS from the command center. First off, thousands of people are still missing. Of course, we know the presumption is death, but not necessarily for all people. From what used to be the Twin Towers, rescue crews are slowly moving through the debris, hoping to hear voices, hoping to find survivors. They did hear voices this morning. They did find some survivors this morning, too. Let's go live now to Ground Zero in Lower Manhattan. WCBS reporter Peter Haskell has been uh, wandering around that rubble following the rescue efforts. What's happening now, Peter? Yeah, apparently I think we're having problems oh, getting through the cell phone difficulties continuing there. But we'll be getting back to Peter Haskell. We do want to go uh, to WCBS reporter Rich Lamb, the long agonizing way continuing for the family members of those missing in the rubble. Rich joining us live now with more on this story, Rich. If you don't want to know what the uh, face of human concern looks like, just think about this. Uh, we're on West 11th Street here, sun dappled. We're looking at the various buildings all the way along the north side of the street, looking now from 5th Avenue, 6th Avenue in the west, uh, and people are lined up all the way down the block, all the way down the block. They're behind police barricades there. They're on cell phones. They're speaking to each other. We saw uh, three or four people with American flags that they had uh, stapled to their shirts. Now, uh, these people are the people who are trying to find family members and friends, uh, co-workers who are in the World Trade Center, uh, and they're trying to grapple with the fear in their hearts and the concern and the hopes that they have that there were, somebody may have survived. Inside, there are lists of people uh, from the World Trade Center who have been accounted for, at least at St. Vincent's Hospital. We're told they're not comprehensive lists. And now, ironically, as we speak, the wind has shifted <coughs> and some of the smoke from the uh, World Trade Center fire, which continues to burn, comes down the street here as another reminder of that this is still going on. People go in here, sit down with a psychiatrist or a psychologist. They go over the list, and uh, if the name uh, is missing, the counselors then help them to deal uh, with their reactions uh, to that uh, missing name, to the name, the fact that it's missing off the list. Now, Thomasina White uh, is looking for her sister-in-law, Tamika Freeman, last seen on the 78th floor of World Trade Center Number 2 by two co-workers who told her what uh, the mood was like at that point. They said that she was pretty frantic, and I know Tam's very, very emotional, and she was freaking out. She was just kind of yelling and screaming, and um, she was walking, trying to get down the stairs. And you're hoping to find somebody else who saw her? Yes. She has ten people out at various locations looking for her. Uh, they have uh, pictures of her, and they're standing around asking anybody for information. Uh, the Cardinal came here, Cardinal Egan, a little bit earlier to visit. Uh, he has announced that uh, he is going to have two special masses regarding this tragedy, one on Sunday at 5.30 and one at Monday on 5.30. Uh, he told us that the one on Sunday will be for all those who died, the one on Monday for all uniformed services members uh, who lost their lives, and the Cardinal has invited the mayor, the governor, and the president of the United States to attend one or both of those masses at St. Patrick's Cathedral, 5.30, uh, Sunday and Monday. Live on West 11th Street, Rich Lamb, WCBS 880 News. Rich, thanks. A little bit farther downtown at Ground Zero, WCBS reporter Peter Haskell now joining us live. And rescue workers here are still holding out hope that they will find survivors. We are hearing uh, from some folks who have been uh, in the scene that they have heard sounds that indicate there might 
still be survivors in there. There are also word that some more victims have been pulled out. This rescue effort has been going on all night. It is a very time-consuming, tedious, difficult task. Uh, as Rich mentioned, there is still a fire burning here. The smoke not quite as dark as it was before, but it is uh, thickening again. It had uh, uh, lessened in intensity for a short while. It is thickening again. All kinds of large uh, equipment, front-end loaders and bulldozers are in there. There are probably a half dozen cranes or so. And most of it, though, just uh, as one person said, just back, legs, and arms, trying to pull the debris out with crowbars, with shovels, with hand tools, just trying to get in there. Now, one of the tools that they are using, uh, they have several search and rescue dogs in here. Julie Dougherty is here with her bloodhound, Jezebel, and she trains these dogs. I start them out when they're about six weeks old, and it's just constant everyday repetition. How does that work? You start them out by playing hide-and-seek with them, and then you go from there. Then you go for distance, farther and farther. You have people work with them that they don't know. It's just a constant thing. The dog has the ability to hear and perhaps smell signs of a survivor. That is what they are hoping for here. Uh, almost gridlock on West Street with all kinds of vehicles and uh, empty containers getting ready to have the, the loads uh, piled in, all the debris piled into those containers. So a lot of activity. Reporting live on West Street, Peter Haskell, WCBS 880 News. Thank you, Peter. WCBS News Time 308. We're going to see if we can make things a little more normal around here as uh, we do traffic and weather together on the 8th. And, Paul, things are normalizing a little bit. Yeah, but you still have those problems with putting aircraft in the air, obviously. So we have in the traffic center this afternoon, Tom Kaminsky with the latest, huh? going to be our immediate problem this afternoon. Good afternoon, Paul and Wayne. Good afternoon to you drivers. Uh, what we're seeing is uh, well, what we had expected, that the closings now are sort of beginning to center a little bit closer to the uh, area of uh, the World Trade Center. So we still have a closing on the FDR Drive, but it's now only from 42nd Street on down through the Battery Tunnel. The west side closed at 57th on down through the Battery. Holland and Lincoln are still closed down, however. And let's get the latest now from the WCBS Weather Center. Sunshine out there, 75 to 81 for the high this afternoon. Clear skies tonight. We're heading down into the 60s. Increasing clouds tomorrow after the nice weather we've been having. We will be having some clouds later on in the day tomorrow and the temperature will be heading in in the upper 70s. Next chance for any showers and we certainly could use them would be on Friday with a high then in the upper 60s and we're looking at a nice weekend coming up if this weather forecast holds up. Right now, sunshine out there, 78 degrees. WCBS News Time on a Wednesday, 310. Terror strikes the U.S. A special report from WCBS. CBS... All right, Channel 2, I understand, is where we want to go five now. Five minutes or so, and there were uh, fire, uh, looked to be fire crew and rescue workers on those ambulances. And that appears to be what is happening, Dan. Um, the, it is the rescue Attended Right now, we want to listen in. Mayor Giuliani uh, giving a briefing the state right of now. New Jersey has been Mayor Giuliani. valuable to us. We have over 2,000 people that we sent to New Jersey who, who were described as walking wounded, but many of them have ended up in New Jersey hospitals. The New Jersey police, the state police, some of the local police departments in New Jersey, fire departments, are there on the scene helping us and supporting us. And uh, their, their assistance has been uh, enormously important and very, very valuable. And I thank you very much, Governor. Really terrific. And that's really been true of everyone. They've all come to our assistance and our aid and our help. And New Yorkers, who are strong and very resilient and should also know that they have lots of support, lots of people from around the state, from neighboring states like New Jersey, 
um, and all over the country that want to help us, want to support us. The president has made certain that the military is deployed in such a way as to keep us as safe as we possibly can be, given the times that we live in. And the New York Police Department and the other agencies are doing everything that they can to assure us as much safety as, uh, as, as is possible. And people should know that they're not alone, that there are a lot of people suffering with them, there to help them and support them. I apologize to the families of um, people that, that, that are lost right now. Uh, we have lots of families seeking information about who was in the World Trade Center. Did they get out? Didn't they get out? Are we able to recover them? Aren't we able to recover them? And uh, we don't know the answers to all those questions yet. We so far have a um, body count of 55 people as of about a half hour ago. We, uh, we were able uh, to take out an, uh, another person about three hours ago, two, two three hours ago, a, a woman who was found uh, still alive, taken to the hospital. So now uh, there are at least four people that we've been able to take out. We're searching for others, and you know, we'll try to get more information, and we'll try to do the best that we can to identify as many people as possible. But I really think this is the situation we're going to be living with for, for, for a while, which is we'll only know uh, whether we saved someone or recovered someone's body when that actually happens. But we'll try to get as much information as possible. We have the airline manifest now. They're being kept by the police department. But if people check with us, the police department and the FBI can check the manifest and, uh, and we can get the information for you about whether someone's on the airplane. Uh, we would urge people uh, to go back to normal as much as possible, to go to restaurants, go shopping, do things, show that you're not afraid, and show confidence in, uh, in yourself and in the city. We'd also urge people not to in any way take any action on their own. We've had a few, not many, but we've had a few incidents that appear to have been directed against uh, people because they may, they may be regarded as Arab or or, a, or a Asian or Indian or whatever. The police department has a few reports like that. I, I emphasize not many, and there, were, there was only one situation of uh, anybody trying to steal anything last night. So we haven't had looting, which we're gonna certainly do everything we can to stop. But uh, nobody should attack anyone else for racial, religious, ethnic reasons or any other reasons. That's, 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 that's what we're dealing with right now. We're dealing with the insane, sick hatred of people for another group of people because they fit into some kind of group mentality. It would be really horrible if New Yorkers practiced any form of that. So the police department will be in those parts of the city and give the ultimate protection that we can give to people who may be, uh, may be in that situation. One other thing. Uh, the generosity of uh, people is really enormous. We have thousands of volunteers. We have people uh, volunteering to give blood. They're lined up on the street in front of Bellevue Hospital uh, and all over the rest of the city. Also, uh, some, of, um, some of our corporate citizens have already made uh, major donations for the benefit of the families of the police officers, the firefighters, the EMS workers uh, who uh, will turn out to have lost their lives in this situation. GE, the uh, CEO of GE, Jeff Imholt, uh, told us that he is going to uh, donate $10 million 
to a fund for the families of the uh, of the police, fire, and other emergency workers that uh, tragically turn out to have lost their lives in this situation. The Cisco Corporation has also offered a donation of $4 million for similar purposes. And we will organize a, uh, we'll organize an, a, a um, charitable organization that can be accountable and can make sure that uh, all of this money gets in the hands that, um, that it's intended to get to, meaning to the children and the families that turn out to be the, the most direct um, victims of, the, of, this, of this tragedy. And again, I thank GE and I thank Cisco and all the others who have come forward in their own way and helped us. Governor? Mayor, thank you. Let me join with you in uh, thanking Governor DeFrancisco for being here and for the extraordinary help we've gotten from New Jersey and the cooperation we've had with the Port Authority. It's been just tremendous. And we appreciate that help. And uh, the mayor referred to us as coming out of a one-hour briefing, but it's really not a briefing. It's a work session. And it's a work session where decisions are made uh, and steps taken to try to alleviate the suffering and do everything we can for those who might still be alive. And I want to commend the mayor. Uh, for his leadership uh, and for the leadership of his team in these meetings because it is extraordinary how well everyone works together and how serious everyone is in putting one agenda first and foremost and exclusively and that is the interest of the people of New York State. So Mayor, to you and your team, you deserve enormous credit for that leadership. Uh, it's not just the leadership, it's also the individual heroes who are out there and just uh, this afternoon I was at T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.